Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Anyone else in here just say, we could just scratch the sermon and spend the rest of the morning in worship? Man, I love mornings like that. Whew. Kids, you are free to go with Miss Patty for Kids Church. You guys have a great lesson ahead with her. We so appreciate Miss Patty and stepping into the role of, of our kids ministry director in this time. Um, if you have a kid in here, maybe even if you don't have a kid in here, would you just tell her how much you appreciate her? Uh, she is a blessing, and we have loved having her a part of what's going on around here. Uh, this morning, we are talking about the unexpected road. Um, and I wanna, we're going to start out with a clip from a movie that you might be familiar with called Aladdin. So let's watch this clip. Prince Ali. Oops. Uh, 
got some monkeys, a bunch of monkeys. right? Um, When we think about roads that people come in on, right? I I think of parades. I remember my dad was Mr. Fourth of July growing up, and I remember um, everything Fourth of July happening. We were just excited for the year because my dad was a part of planning those things. But I remember the parade. I remember the Grand Marshal coming in. I remember um, all the different groups that were in and the marching bands. I couldn't wait to hear the music. And and we think of, of triumphant processionals, right? And when, um, when emperors would enter Rome, they would enter with uh, the government officials in front of them. And, they, and then they, we would have the um, animals that were going to be sacrificed. Which, uh, and then you would have the, the, cat or the victor of war followed by any prisoners that they had, had brought about from this. And so you just think of these grand entrances. Hold that thought, because our entrance that we're talking about today is just a little bit different. Um, As we get started this morning, I do have something I want you to discuss, and that is this. Um, I want you to talk about a stretch of road. This is going to seem a little weird to some of you. A stretch of road that you love. Maybe you're like, I don't pay attention when I'm on roads. Um, I do. And there was a stretch of road in Michigan. It was on North Harris Road. And this is a video, like right here. This one's actually in Mount Pleasant. But do you see how the trees like arch over the road right there? Uh, I made Jeremy go back so we could videotape that this winter because I'm like, this is like the road. This is like North Harris. Um, And I tried to find my pictures from North Harris because I would frequently take them in the winter and in the summer and in the fall just at different seasons because of how beautiful that stretch of road was. I just love when the trees cover over the road. It's like a grand entrance. And this stretch of road in Mount Pleasant, I remember coming from the north south one time. And we were coming over, there's like a little bit of a hill, and we were coming over the hill, and it's like you hit the hill, and then all of a sudden, you're looking down the road a little, I mean, it's not sloped huge, but just sloped enough, and the trees over it, it is like this magnificent view, especially in the fall when the trees were, all the leaves were in their colors, their prime color, and it's just beautiful. And it was one of my favorite stretches of road. 
Um, but that what I saw when I arched the, the hill of there, the crest of the hill there, wasn't quite what I expected. So this morning, I want you to take a minute, turn to your neighbors, and share with them about a stretch of road that you love. Doesn't matter what it is. Ready? Go. All creation's pointing to your name. It's been 2,000 years and hearts still change. It's clear to me you're here with me. God, you are undeniable. 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 Indisputable. Irrefutable. This is what I know in my bones. It's clear to me you're here with me. God, you are undeniable. and finish telling your road story there. I thought of another one. <clears throat> Several years ago over spring break, we went to Gatlinburg with my mom and dad. It was our last trip with my dad before he passed away. And I will never forget driving up the side of the mountain to this, um, no, this wasn't the very last one. This was one of the last ones. We drove up the side of the mountain to the cabin that we were going to. And my mom was driving her car, right? And we were in our car, I think. And so we're going up the side of this hill. My mom doesn't like heights, okay? And we're going up the side of this hill, and I said to Jeremy, honey, we're like looking at the road right in front of us, like it's this way. And I'm just like, I, my mom's driving, my mom's driving, I don't know. And my dad wasn't driving at this point, and so I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. All of a sudden, mom stops, and she calls us, and she goes, I can't drive. And I was like, oh, no. And so then that meant, and I'm not totally afraid of heights, but I don't really love driving in some of those mountain roads, which meant if Jeremy was going to step into their car and drive, I had to drive ours because I was not letting my teenager drive yet. So I'm like, um, okay. So Jeremy gets in my mom and dad's car, and he drives. I get in our car, and I will never forget. We get to the top of this mountain, it seems like. I mean, we're on the top of one. And you get to the point where your car is like this, 
and you cannot see over the hood, you can't see the road, because the road literally drops off and goes this way, then down around the other side. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what? Like, I just, it's like that moment of like, I think I'm gonna drive to my death right now. And you drive up over the top, and of course it's like beautiful everything you see, but I'm like, oh thank God my mom was not, she would have literally rolled down the hill, had a panic attack, because it would have been, it just would have been horrible. But it just was, we, I mean, we cracked up and we harassed my mom about it, but legitimate fear of heights, I understand. But I just remember of like, what is over the bend? What am I about to see, right? Am I going to drive my car off the side of this mountain? Because that's what it feels like. Anybody ever hit a road like that where you're like, we're going to drive off the side of this mountain? That's what it feels like. But anyway, well, this morning we're talking about the road that Jesus entered. Um, and I wanna, we're going to talk about the, what his entry looked like. And his entry was into Jerusalem, not into Rome. Read with me Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds went ahead of them and chose, and, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So Jesus comes in, it's not the normal royal processional that our, we find our government officials coming in. He comes in, he's not, he's not the victor of war, however he was going to be victorious. You know, we, because we're today, we have the hindsight, right? We know what happens in the end. So we know that while he's, he's marching in, not in the normal processional, not as a victor of war, he is going to be victorious in what happens. Um, so he comes in, his entry, um, it didn't quite look like people maybe expected. They're shouting, what were they shouting? Hosanna. Um, they're laying things like palm branches and garments and whatever they can find in the road to cover it for him. They said that they would often, when, when a processional like this would happen, they would sweep the roads clean. I think of like dirt roads and I think of, that's, that's a lot of sweep and clean, but they'd get out there and sweep the roads clean for the processional to come in. And so here comes Jesus and they're like, oh, let's, let's lay our cloaks on the road and, and, and make this laid out for him. While some of them are shouting Hosanna, like we said, some of them are saying, who is this? A victor of war, a government official, you knew who they were. But here comes this humble man riding in on a donkey. He's not coming in on some chariot or some beautiful stallion in robes of purple. He's just coming in. It's just Jesus on a donkey. 
And so here he comes riding in, and, and oftentimes we think that, you know, we talked about it this morning, shouts of, of joy, and they were so excited when he came in. But Hosanna, Hosanna means something different. Hosanna is actually, it's not necessarily a joyful thing, it's a plea. Lord, save us. That's what they're yelling when they're yelling Hosanna. We sing songs on, on Palm Sunday, and you probably remember growing up of, of singing these joyful songs, and this morning was a joyful worship set, man. And, and that's true, and, and we should be that way because we know in hindsight what happened, but the reality is these people are hurting. They are lost, they are broken, and they are screaming and shouting, Hosanna, save us. Save us, son of David. They're desperate. They're singing songs of liberation. They're singing um, that their oppression, that they, their oppression needed saved, and that's why they're shouting these things to him. Jesus took the path that was unexpected. This morning, I don't know if you noticed, but there's tape down both sides of there's two paths as you come in. Jesus didn't come into Rome. You stood at the back this morning and went, which way am I gonna go? Which which what is this for? What path am I gonna take? Jesus knew the path he was going to take. It wasn't the path that people expected him to take. People expected him to come in, as we've talked about this, they, they expected him to come in with power and with might and with force. And how did he come? As a humble man, gentle and loving. Much of what he did went against the grain. He wasn't all about... Um, doing things the way everyone expected him to do them. Uh, you and I, uh, we, can, we can rush the celebration today. Like this morning we worshiped, but I don't want us to skip over something. And that is some of us walked in here with real pain. Some of us walked in here feeling like our life is chaos. Some of us walked in here with brokenness in our homes, in our marriages, in our relationships, we walked in here with stress from the week that we just had. Anybody walk in here with stress from the week you just had? Some of you, yeah. We carry all of that in, much like the people lined the roads that day. And we stand here this morning and we say, Hosanna, God save me. God come in a new way. God do a new thing in me today. And that's what we shout when we say Hosanna, we still need to cry out to him. Jesus, uh, what are the things he did that, that they didn't expect? Well, he healed on the Sabbath. Uh, he ministered to Gentiles. They weren't exactly the favorites. He humanized women. And he pushed back against religious norms. I have studied the Bible since I was a kid. And I fall in love with Jesus more and more the older I get and the more I learn about the man that he is and the savior that he is and the lines that he crossed because he loved us. Man, that's the kind of guy I want to follow. He was a liberator. He freed people uh, through miracles their sight, their mobility, their health, their life from death. He freed them. He helped them. He met basic needs like hunger and thirst. 
How many times do you remember? I mean, you talk to kids about the things that they remember from the, from the Bible, and they remember the stories of things like feeding the 5,000. Um, his resurrection was a miracle that saved people. But I, one of the things I hear from time to time is, um, you know, miracles just don't happen today like they used to. I want to I push on that just a little bit today, and I want to say, do you know that Jesus wants to use you to perform those miracles in people's lives? Right. Wow. When you put food in that blessing box out there, you perform a miracle of providing food for someone who doesn't have enough food, regardless of the circumstance that got them to where they are. When you pack a highway bag, or hand it to someone on the side of the road, you meet a basic need. You actually meet two needs. You know what it is? You meet the need of giving them food, but you meet the need of human interaction, of humanizing someone that people can very easily dehumanize. You meet that need. You perform that miracle. When you pack a shoebox and we ship it to some other area of the world with simple little toys and things, but soap and wash rags and toothbrush, you meet basic needs of children all around the world. When you support missions and missionaries, you meet needs and perform miracles. Yeah, but when you make a meal for someone at real life, who has had surgery or lost someone that they love. You're caring for those who are widowed or sick. You are the hands and feet of Jesus that still perform miracles today. He's not done. He wants to use you. <laughs> That's exciting. So social freedom. He provides freedom in different ways. Um, he tells the tax collectors, stop cheating people. Okay. Uh, he tells the wealthy, share your wealth. Do you realize that every one of us in this room is wealthy? Some of us are like, yeah, but I don't know about that. Compared to most of the world, we are in the top percent, meaning we are wealthy. Meaning we all have something to share. Some of the people that Jeremy and I have known in ministry who have been the most humble are the ones who actually have almost the least, and yet they give so generously. I will never forget one Christmas, a lady at our church handed us a basket full of fruit. We were getting ready to leave on vacation. Most of our church knew that we would do Christmas Eve service and then we would leave after service and head out for, to be with family, sometimes driving 14 hours through the night to get to be with family. She handed us this basket and she wept. And she said, I love you as my pastors. And I was so grateful. But then we got in the car and we opened that basket up. The basket was full of nuts. That were not, they weren't cheap. It was full of fruits. It was full of chocolates, things that she knew our kids liked. That gift cost her something. But it was her way of saying thank you for making a difference in my life. So generous when she didn't have enough to be generous with. Jesus calls us to share our wealth. Laborers, okay? How many of you in here work a job? Raise your hand. Okay. Jesus says, laborers, rest. One word, rest. 
laborers, how do we do with that? Because if we don't do that, then we're not listening. He blessed the poor. He didn't intolerate injustice or exploitation. Jesus went against the grain and he lived again according to a different system. He called out legalism. He touched the sick. He was all about rules. Not about rules, but about the relationship. He talked to women. He called out prejudice. He recasted the Samaritan as a hero. He honored and prioritized women. Look who he went to when he rose from the dead. And it wasn't because ladies like to talk. But really, he went to those women, and they're the ones who carried the word, he's alive. He trusted those women to share that word. He socialized, ready for this one, with sinners and outcasts. If Craig Garbison was in here, he'd be saying, amen, this morning. Because that's what his life story is. Socializing with those who are broken. But you know what? We're all broken. Nobody's more broken than the other. We all have brokenness. We all have sin. And Jesus loves us just as much as he loves them. Really, there's no us and them. It's we. It's all of us. Spiritual freedom. He exercised demons. He cast demons out of people into whole herds of pigs and sent them off a hillside. He pointed people to God. This is the way to go. He called people to righteousness and he urged them to repent of their sin, but he gave them a choice. And that choice is still ours today. We can follow him or we cannot. That's up to us. What's he calling you to today? He wants to save people from sin and destruction and brokenness. That is news of hope because I guarantee you every one of us could stand up and admit a sin. We could admit destruction in our life and we could admit brokenness. Jesus wants to heal us. When we call out and say, Hosanna, God, please save us. Step into my junk and save me. The king, the savior, the redeemer, he didn't come as untouchable royalty. That is the Jesus I am learning about in my adult life. He was not untouchable royalty. To me, as a child, he was a king. Oh, he's still a king, but he is an accessible king. He is a king who wants to sit next to me and cry with me. He is a king who wants to walk in the muck with me. He is a king who loves me. He was for the people. And his efforts came to the climax on the cross when he said, I give my life for you. The road that he came on was not the expected road. He joined earth with heaven in restored wholeness when he came in on that road to Bethlehem. The cries of Hosanna being answered in the very midst, they were being answered in the very midst of those who shouted it. They had no idea what Jesus was about to do. They did not know that the man that they were laying cloaks on the road for was about to die on a cross. They didn't. The crazy thing is, some of those who laid their cloaks probably were some of the ones who said, crucify him. They didn't know. Their pleas for rescue were about to be answered. So why do we shout Hosanna today? Why do you and I shout Hosanna? God, rescue my family. God, rescue me in this situation in my job. Rescue my finances. Rescue my child. Rescue my marriage. Rescue my heartbreak, my heartache. And the list goes on. God, rescue. 
rescue us. Those answers still come in the midst of our pleas for help. While we wait for rescue, we can do a couple of things. Um, we, can, we can just look the other way, right? We can, sometimes we fill the need to be rescued with other things. Those things become idols in our lives. So without knowing it, we think that we're just filling a space, but really we're idolizing something else instead of waiting for Jesus to do something in us. So we can idolize something else. We can look at the needs of others and look the other way because we say, ah, that's too big for me to do anything about it. We talk about things like poverty and homelessness in America, and, and I hear people sometimes say that it's just too big of a deal. It's not too big of a deal if every one of us does something. Well, but I'm only one person. What good am I going to do? Man, if you, hand person, if you hand food to one person, you have made a difference. Jesus said, as you've done unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. One person makes a difference. So we can do that. We can, we can do our own thing. Or we can choose to make a difference in small ways. We can stay focused on Christ and be patient in our waiting. How many of you have you struggle with patience? I do. Some of you need to raise your hands that didn't, but that's okay. Um, we can struggle with waiting. Robert Frost wrote a poem. Here's my two roads this morning. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood and I. I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference. Jesus took the road less traveled. Jesus didn't take the road into Rome. He took the road into Bethlehem. He took the road to death and to the cross. But that road would ultimately lead to the kingdom of heaven being declared on earth as it is in heaven. That road that was unexpected, that no one quite thought he should take, or he maybe, he didn't even want to take. I mean, he said, God, if you could take this but your will, not mine. That road led to freedom. And if he can take that road, why can't I? Think about this situa your situation this morning and the road that you're on. What are the roadblocks in your way? Sometimes you get on a road, right, and you, you drive along, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can't go anymore. The road's totally blocked off. Anybody ever have that? Yeah. And you get to that road. So what are those roadblocks in your life and in your heart this morning? Maybe, just maybe, the roadblock is God. Maybe you feel like there's a roadblock where you just can't get ahead, and maybe God's the one stepping there saying, stop. But maybe that roadblock is of your own doing. Maybe that roadblock is, is something that you have allowed to take space where it shouldn't. What if God is just beyond the bend, saying, just wait. I'm going to clear this block. And I'm going to let you go because I've got something I want to do in you. This morning, my question for you is, are you choosing the road that's going to make a difference in your life and the life of others? Are you being patient for what's up ahead? Even if you can't see what's over the bend, even if there's a roadblock in the way right now, what does God want to do when that roadblock clears? When we cry out to God, we have to listen. Uh, he has a better way, and he wants to heal us, and he wants to restore us, and he wants to do things in us. But sometimes we don't listen. Sometimes we get so busy in our daily life 
that we don't allow him space just to talk to us. So what system, what do you fit into today? Do you fit into um, systems that are not working in your life? Do you fit into uh, brokenness in a marriage? Do you fit into a workaholic who doesn't know how to rest? Do you fit into holding a grudge when you need to let it go? Do you fit into prejudice toward others or living legalistically, ignoring those in need or even ignoring the cracks in your marriage or in your home? Do you fit into any categories of those today? Maybe your category is different, but what is it? Where do you fit? On this Palm Sunday, I want us to think about, we need to shout, Hosanna. God, free us. And God, if you can walk this unexpected road, then I will too. If you call me to walk that road, Lord, this way looks a whole lot easier. If I would just come down this side, it would be so much easier. Now, I don't know why, God, but you're calling me over here. I don't know what that means, but God, if you call me that way, I'm going to go. Because you know what? You went the way that was unexpected, and it brought about the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And I want to be a part of that work. Stand with me this morning. We're going to practice something. Think about your situation. Think about your life. Think about your struggle, your thing, whatever that is. The people on the streets that day, what did they shout? Hosanna. 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 God, free us. Okay? So on the count of three, we're going to shout Hosanna. And when you shout Hosanna, I want you to be thinking about that thing in your life, saying, God, bring freedom to this. God, walk this road to my situation. Ready? One, two, three. Hosanna! Yes. Again, one, two, three. Hosanna! Yes. Now put your hands out. Ready? Put your hands out. God, I'm giving you this. Here's my stuff. Here's my junk. Here's my sin. Here's my brokenness. Here's me. Ready? One, two, three. Hosanna! He says, I'm right there in the midst of you. God, we come before you. Our hands are out today and we shout, Hosanna. God, free us. Come to us on the unexpected road. Meet us where we are in our journey today. Lord Jesus, you know the situations in this room. You know the burdens that people carried in here today. And I pray today, Lord God, that they would say, here, Hosanna, find me where I am. Do what only you can do in me. God, if you can walk that road, we can walk it too. If you can make a difference in the life of one, we can too. God, if everyone in this room made a difference, we'd be making the difference in the lives of 80. Yes. So what one person does suddenly becomes something bigger because we all do it together. So Lord Jesus, today I ask that you would meet us right where we are. We praise you today. We praise you that we can come before you and shout from the top of our lungs, Hosanna! And you are here. You are a good God. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning as you go, my hope is that as you go through this week, ready, one, two, three, Hosanna! That you'll shout Hosanna in all that you do.
and that you'll give him space to come in and do what only he can do and that you'll listen and you'll see him move. And when we come back next Sunday, you're going to come in here and go, look what God did. Because I said yes. And because I gave him my stuff. Be blessed and be a blessing. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org slash give. Thanks again for listening.